We had a Charlo brother last week. We got a Charlo brother this week. And the only remaining belt at 160 that is not owned by Canelo is up for grabs this Saturday. We'll dive into all that and more on today's episode with the Sweet Science Class. Alrighty, what's up everybody? Thank you for joining today's episode. Unfortunately, Felix could not be with us today. He had to deal with some family stuff. Nothing crazy. Don't worry. But it's just going to be Jakeem and I. I've already got Jakeem standing by. What's up, Jakeem? Yo, what's up, Dustin? What's up, Sweet Science Class? Alright, so we are going to touch on what we saw last weekend, a little bit of what we're going to see this weekend, and then we're going to kind of give our opinion on this, the Porter Spence pay-per-view announcement since we've been seeing them in the interviews talking to each other, kind of already start building it. And then we got a big announcement at the end of the show for a guest we're going to have next week. So, let's just kick it back to Friday and go through the whole weekend. Cancio did it again. It was not a fluke. He took out Machado actually one round quicker this time, almost identically. Just worked him over, ended it with a body shot. It really was almost a mirror match replica of the first one. What were your thoughts on that one, Jakeem? Man, like I said uh, last week, it it kind of played out how the Chocolatito and Rangasai ended up where the challenger comes in, he beat him, he beats the champion, get the rematch, and beats the champion again. And Machado, uh, he's not the real deal. Cancio or Cancio? Cancio. Cancio, yeah. Cancio, man, he's a, he's a warrior. He was out of boxing for a little bit, came back, took the champion down, rematched him, won that belt again. I really like the Chocolatito reference because, you know, the, the first fight with him, with uh, Rungvisai, was very close. I thought he might have even won it. But you're right. I think something happened. The challenger, he felt he was the winner. He came in extra confident in the rematch, no nerves, and did it quicker than the first time. And that is exactly what we saw Cancio do. It's good to see. He's a real-life Rocky story like Jakeem touched on. He got out of boxing for about two years, I think, almost. His family talked him back into it. They wanted to see him become a champion. And he defeats Machado twice. It's a dream story. And maybe, yeah, maybe Machado is not the real deal. I don't know what's going on with him. He'll look really good for about a round. And then his stamina and whole demeanor changes. I've almost never seen anything like it. It's very odd. I don't know if it's mental. I mean, he seems to be in shape. Maybe he's draining himself. I, I really don't know. But Machado has got to go back to the drawing board quickly. So then we'll move on to Saturday. And I, I never thought these words in this order would come out of my mouth. Pauly Malinagi competed in a bare-knuckle boxing match with a former UFC fighter. Yep. Yep, I had to say that. Oh, God. <laughs> what did you think of that fight? And the card in I, general, if you got to see any of the undercards. I mean, the undercard was cool. It's a cool sport. I wouldn't, you know, skill-wise, I would always pick boxing over anything like that because a lot of the guys that come out of there, they're, most of them are MMA fighters. But, I mean, it's a cool it's a cool sport to watch. It's not, it's not bad. But to get to the main event... Boxing took an L Saturday. I hate to say it. Boxing took an L. Paulie needs to sit his ass down and never step foot in the ring again. Like, just retire and go away. And I told y'all, I think I had told y'all, like, before the fight, like, the whole boxing world, boxing nation is depending on the hands of Paulie Melanagi. So, 
you know, we was kind of bound to take an L right there. This dude went into the match, bare knuckle, jab into the body. Like, how did he think, how did he, think he was going to win that fight? Dude, you don't, you don't have no gloves on, and you, you jab into the body. And, I mean, the skill-wise, you can tell Polly is technically the better fighter. But he was fighting scared. You can't talk all that crap, spit on the dude, talk all that crap in the in the in the build up. He and slapped then, him too. Slapped him. He did all that. And went out there and didn't do anything. Basically was on his bike. Probably like the the maybe from round three and on. And if it was a boxing match, he would have won. I think he would have won. Like I told y'all, like I had him winning. But it's not a boxing match, it's bare knuckle. So, I mean, Pauline needs to sit down and never step foot in the ring. I like him better as a commentator anyway. Just stay doing that. Don't get in the ring anymore. I'll just say that was my first time really watching Bare Knuckle. I made an event out of it. I sat home. I enjoyed it. I bought the pay-per-view. I actually watched the whole thing. It was pretty entertaining. Like Jakeem touched on, the technique is not going to be as great as boxing, and that's a given, but... It's not something I could get addicted to like boxing, but it was entertaining for the night. And arguably, the Pauly fight, the main event, was the least entertaining. I almost enjoyed all the other fights more. I was extremely excited. Going into this fight that night, you know, I wanted to see something big, something epic. I don't know what I th- <laughs> I don't know what I thought was going to happen. I mean, it's Pauly, but I don't know. I just thought he... With all Polly, the crap Polly he turned talked. that Polly, Polly turned that into an amateur boxing match. That's basically what he did. And it looked like an amateur fight. And then to, I mean, and, and some people scored it three two Polly. And I mean, I can honestly see that. Had they given it to Polly, I wouldn't have. I could see it three two either way. I actually scored it three two Labov. I rewatched it again. I think I scored it three two Labov again. But I could see how someone could do three two Polly. I don't care at the end of the day. It was kind of unfortunate, you know, for boxing in a way to see Polly lose, but I didn't think that UFC took an L when Connor got knocked out by Floyd in the tent. You know what I mean? Because it's not the same. This was a little bit more of a midway meeting point, but you've got the softest punching, no knockout dude, and, and almost the history of the recent boxing. Going in bare knuckle, who's always had hand problems. He threw a, a, a great right straight in the second round that landed flush. Labov acted like a mosquito stung him. Nothing happened, and I'm pretty sure that was the shot that Polly broke his hand on, and he never threw a right hand again, really. It was disappointing. I gave it to Labov. Thought he did fine. It was kind of a letdown. With all that talking and the spitting and the slapping, I just thought, I was like, man, maybe Polly's in, like, Effort mode. He's he's old. He's retired. He's been talking crap. This is personal. It's just one night, you know. Maybe he'll get a little wild. This is a one one time thing, and then he'll never do it again. But nope, he jabbed and moved and tried to box, and I don't know. It, <laughs> but I, let let me ask you this: Do you feel the bare knuckle is closer to boxing or MMA? Because the reason why I say boxing took an L, I feel like if that was a, another boxer, the result would have been different. Everybody knows as as a boxer. Polly has some of the weakest hands, like probably in history. <laughs> That's why I say that boxing took an L because I feel like, man, you can get any another boxer, and that I, I think you know they would have got the job done. Because I feel like 
that sport is closer to boxing. It's definitely closer to boxing, but I don't know. I guess I could see that, but it's still tough for me to say boxing took a nail. It's just like Polly took a nail because I, I agree with what you're saying. If anybody else in that weight class, you know, an older guy in that weight, say Tim Bradley. Let's say that was Tim Bradley. He'd have probably done better. But I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's a small L for boxing, but it didn't really hurt my feelings. Like <laughs> I thought it would, and then that night I was like, I don't care. I really don't care. This was a one-time thing. I, I don't really... Wasn't that great of a fight? The undercard was better. There was actually a tourney, tournament finals with the two 3-0 and o guys undefeated. That was a really good fight. That was a fun fight. That might have stolen yeah. for me that night. And the Mexicutioner, yeah. I'd never seen him. I think he's a UFC guy. He had a fun fight. See, there was more notable things than the poly fight, but whatever. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we'll move on from that slight circus. And then you go into to a rare Sunday. Love it when Fox delivers us a Sunday card. We got to see Rigandau knock out Seha in the eighth, and Charlo knock out Coda in the third. What were your thoughts on Rigo? Wow. Was that Rigo in there? I, I couldn't recognize him by the way he was fighting. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know me, I like skill for guys, but every once in a while, like, I like to see guys that just sit in the pocket and throw, and Rigo looked like a totally different fighter. He stood in the pocket, was throwing with the guy, took up, took some shots, threw some shots, and he ended up with the KO. Like, I was, I was really surprised to see, see that type of fight from him. I was too, but it's not shocking because I think Rigo is Rig old, and I think that's why we saw that. Same with Lara against Hurd. I think a couple years – we've touched this on a previous podcast episode. I, I think if they would have fought a couple years earlier, it would have been a completely different fight. Lara would have been moving like he did with Canelo a little bit more. He buckled down and fought that night, and Rigo did the same thing. I really think it's age. I think their legs are starting to go. They say Rigo's 38. He looks 45 in the face. Rigo is 49. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it. if we found out that Rigo was like 47, 48, it might not shock me too much, which is why I got it. Like, it's, it's not shocking to see him stand and just buckle down and fight more because it's almost all he can do. My goodness, Rigo's got a chin. There was a couple times where I thought he was going to go. I thought yeah. Rigo was gonna get buckled. He kind of would. You would see it in the demeanor for a half second. He would kick out of it, man. I know people are gonna throw the Loma fight at me where he quit, but that I think you know that was a lot of frustration too. This he was taking some monster shots and walking through them, and then that was a brutal, brutal knockout punch. It was cool to see Rigo do that at this age, 38, 48, 58, whatever he is. Yeah. <laughs> and Chilo. How'd you think he looked, considering who he was up against? Well, you know, it was disappointing we didn't get to see the match that we wanted. But, hey, Charlo, looked, he looked exactly like the fighter he was before the Harrison fight. You know, even though he doesn't have a, uh, as many KOs as his brother, I think he he almost has like a 50%. It's exactly 50. Yeah, so, I mean, he's not a knockout artist, but we've seen him knock out. He knocked out Lube in the first round. Like, we've seen his power. I don't know what was going on uh, in the earlier part of his career, but, like, lately since he's been on PBC, like, you know, he's been knocking guys out. And he went in the ring with Coda. I knew 
I knew it was going to uh, be a KO. I didn't know what round, but, you know, he, he he looked good. I mean, he looked good against that type of fighter. I don't know what he's going to look like against Harrison, but, I mean, he did what he was supposed to do against Cotto. He did. I thought people may not agree with me, but I thought in the first and second round here and there, he was fighting, I don't know how to say it, almost urgently. I think his brother even touched on it in the corner when they were asking him on camera. I think he really felt the pressure of the last fight. He really wanted a knockout, and he was almost rushing it, it felt at first, and not having as much success, and then he kind of slowed down towards the end of the second and into the third, and then boom, you see what happened. Yeah, he looked really good. I thought Coda looked okay. I thought he kind of looked weight-drained. He looked a little weak. He's also been knocked out by Lubin, who Charlo knocked out. I know that's triangle, but... That, that knockout was really bad, though. But, like, his eyes was rolling to, uh, in the back of his head. Like, that was a vicious knockout. I think the ref could have called it off after the first knockdown. I was just going to say, I think the ref should have called it off. That was, um, I was shocked to see that. For anyone, I hope y'all agree with me. Did y'all notice? That dude did not take a step. He had his glove on the rope. He was holding yeah. on. The ref just simply made him touch gloves. That was a pretty good ref, too, but that was kind of a rookie mistake. He did not make him step. He was super out of it. Had he made him step once, he would have seen he was gone. Those last two shots did not need to happen, my God. Yep, that was that Wilder one, too. It looked exactly like Wilder Brazil. Yep. So, yes, very impressive, but it's what he's supposed to do. But, hey, he did what he's supposed to do, so. Now we move on to the other Charlo brother. Now we're going to move on to this weekend. This Saturday, actually, before we touch on this, just let me throw in that Friday night there's going to be an awesome fight. Richard Comey is taking on Ray Beltran. I just don't know what to expect. What are you? What are your thoughts on that fight? Man, I'm really, I really like Richard Comey. I don't think he's really been tested yet, and I don't think this is that much of a test for him. But I know his previous fight wasn't really a test for him. He got a K, an early KO victory. But I'm excited to see Comey because I know, you probably know too, that the winner of this is probably going to fight Lomachenko next. And I think they're trying to line Comey up for for that bout. But I'm, I'm excited to see see this fight, just to see where Comey is. Because, uh, like I said, the, the toughest fight I've seen him in was against Robert Easter. And I actually think that he beat Robert Easter. So this fight, I really want to see what he has because I know... Lomachenko is, might be next for him. Because I know, I know Bobby was trying to set that up. Yeah, I think that is in their plans. But I think anyone who's been listening to the podcast since day one knows I'm a pretty big Ray Beltran fan. I've always kind of loved his story. This is going to be a – Beltran may give him that – he's going to give him that test. This is going to be a veteran, old man. He knows the tricks. That's a really, really good fight Friday. I'm looking forward to that one. Comey's got the power. Beltran might be a little more skilled, a little more wiser, you know, in the ring. We'll see. Then we move on to Saturday. Got the other Charlo brother taking on Brandon Adams on Showtime. Brandon Adams has two defeats. I believe he lost a decision to Willie Monroe Jr. He's been stopped once. Makes me expect Jermall should stop him. I think that's, you know, should be the plan considering his brother did it to Coda. What are your thoughts on this one? I'm not extremely excited for this fight, if I'm being honest. Yeah, me neither. And let me say this. I am really kind of disappointed in, in the, the route of, of Charlo's career. 
Jamal's because we've we know that PBC and the Zone or, or Eddie Hearn or whoever like they can do deals with each other. Ruiz and Joshua, and I feel like he's kind of wasting his career just staying at PBC fighting whoever is in their stable because you're only in your prime once. And Charlo, I think they're about 20, 29, 30 years old. So it's like, dude, how many, how many more years are you going to waste just fighting who's ever in the stable? You know what a big fights are. You know what a big money is. And Brandon, Brandon Adams, he's a guy, I, he won uh, the last contender. It wasn't really that much comp, uh, competition in that show. I think I think there's Mosley Sun was there. And I, I think he beat Mosley Sun in the, in the finals. But this should be a not an easy win, but I mean, it'll be probably a decent fight, but Charlo should win. But it's like, Okay, if he wins, what's next? Like he really needs to start bringing out or make decisions, the best decisions for his career. Because stand fighting the, the PBC stable, I don't think that's the answer right now. I really don't either. And they've been pro for a while. I was kind of shocked to learn they put up that stat, you know, before the Charlo Cota fight that he turned pro like twelve. I might be wrong, but I think it's said twelve years ago. Wow, that's. It's a long time, and I was just like, whoa, these guys really are, like, touching 30. You got the Harrison fight again for Jamel, but, yeah, neither of these guys have really been in a crazy big fight. Like, it really needs to happen, hopefully next. Hopefully we start seeing them fight the people in their division. Jamel's got a better chance with these other people. I don't know who Jamal's going to fight at 160. Exactly. He's in a rock and a hard place. And... Moving on and staying with the 160, we got Andrade taking on Selecki on zone. Andrade's defending his belt, the only remaining belt at 160, like I said, that Canelo does not own. That's huge. That means this is a golden ticket because this Canelo probably wants this belt. Triple G badly needs this belt. That puts a lot of emphasis on this Andrade-Selecki fight. You're kind of iffy with Andrade. What are your thoughts on this particular fight? Yeah. Uh, Andrade, he... I don't, y'all, y'all, are, y'all are really high on him. I'm not. I don't know why. Just something about his style, the way he fights at, at 160. Like, I don't believe he's that. So, he's just carrying that belt for either Triple G or Canelo. That's it. And this fight is kind of interesting because, like, I'm not that high on him. And Selecki went the distance with Jacobs. So, he's not no... You know, this is not going to be a walkthrough for him. Although he is skilled, he probably he'll probably win the uh, Andre Andre will probably win by decision. It'll probably go 12 rounds, but it's not guaranteed because I'm not really that high on him like you guys are. I've seen him get touched. He's not he's he's a good defensive fighter, but he does get touched. And so like he's like I said, he's not no pushover. So I'm really interested into seeing this fight. Yeah, so like he's a tough test. He did go the distance with Danny Jacobs, got dropped, got back up, went the distance with Gabe Rosado, beat him, got dropped twice, got back up. You know, Selecki is no pushover, and he's he hasn't been knocked out. I believe those are – to Jacobs might be his only loss. I'm kind of blanking. I think it is, and it went the distance. We've seen him get up. So I'm excited to see what Andrade can do with him. I expect it to go decision two. I'm expecting an Andrade decision, but it won't blow my mind if Selecki can get in there and do some work. He's a very skilled guy. And, yeah, it's. I just am excited to see who Andrade's got to fight after this if he defends his belt because 
you would you have to think that Triple G Andrade, it has to happen if the trilogy isn't next. It has to. It has to. And listen, that <clears throat> title, the WBO title in 2020, is changing hands to either Canelo or Triple G. Maybe even before that, they can get another fight, but he won't have that belt for long. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bold statement. Well, you might be right. I think he'll keep it this Saturday, but you might be right. And that's pretty much wrapping up last weekend and this weekend. We're going to touch on one big announcement that it hit about a week ago. It's slowly been coming more and more official. I don't even know if they have a venue set yet. It's going to be in September. I think late September. Pretty sure on Fox Pay-Per-View. Errol Spence versus Sean Porter. Belt versus belt. We're going to finally get a little unification in the 147 division. I'm pretty excited for this one. Oh, yeah, and uh, today is the uh, three-year anniversary since Porter and Thurman fought. So, you know, we're coming to y'all announcing that the Spence and Porter fight is official because it was a lot of going back and forth, and they had a date. And I, I remember Spence was on Instagram, and he was saying that, like, hey, if, I, if it didn't come from me, it's not true. So it was a lot of – I don't know what was going on, but now it seems to be official. And PBC, like, they, they have – a lot of the elite welterweights, and this is just a, another, another big one. So I'm I'm really excited and happy that this fight has been officially made. And not that the minor belt that Manny Pacquiao has matters. It doesn't to me. But in a way, I guess if you want to say him and Thurman, you know, maybe combine those belts too. It's pretty cool to know that basically once August or you know, though that was in July. So once the summer yep. ends, we roll through September. There's a good chance there's going to be three champs instead of five. So we're going to start to see a little more unification in 147. Got to get Bud Crawford thrown in with one of these guys. I feel like he's in a tough spot. Not as bad as Jamal Charlo, but kind of what we were touching on. Oh, yeah. I think he's worse. He's worse than Charlo. Because he's with – oh, yeah, he's with top rank. The other guys, all the other welterweights is with Al Al Heyman. Them two guys don't like each other. They tried to – you know, Bob tried to sue Al. So, you know, Charlo is just, yeah, he's with PBC, but they've done business before with the zone. So that one, you know, that's, it's not impossible. But the Crawford, Crawford and Spence fight, that's almost impossible unless there's a lot of money involved. Yeah, it's really sad. Every couple of weeks I read a headline that says they're going to start working on it and that it's going to start becoming a thing in the near future. And I just, I don't believe it. For some reason, I just don't. And next week, we're probably going to be dropping two episodes. We're going to do one with us as normal, and another one I'm going to do with a special guest. He is a pro boxing announcer. He also does wrestling. I think he might do like UFC type. I think he just does a lot of wrestling and combat fighting sports. Ring announcer, Christian Smith. I hope I'm pronouncing that. He is from Texas, and yeah, he's been making his moves. He's on Facebook. He's I've actually seen him announce a lot of fights. If you think you haven't heard of him, you probably have. His big slogan in the ring is, it's time for the action and the main attraction. So, pretty sure a lot of y'all know who I'm talking about. He's a really, really nice guy. He seems to know a lot about boxing. I'm excited to get him on the show and just get some insight from someone who's in the game and on the road and see some of the things going on. So, really excited and fortunate to have someone like that get to be a guest 
So I'll probably record with him this week. We'll drop that sometime, maybe through the weekend. We may actually drop that this weekend. We'll see. We'll see. We'll kind of play that one by ear. That's really all we got for today. We really thank you for tuning in. Jakeem, as always, thank you for stopping by. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And we wish Felix the best with whatever he's got going on. And we will see y'all next week when we drop two episodes on you. Thank you. We love y'all. Follow the page. Join the group. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit up all the podcast outlets. Your favorite one. We're probably there. Sweet Science Class out.